is waiting on fries. That you don't get it. You don't. What do you mean you don't get waiting on fries? Hopefully the customer never here is waiting on fries. But all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed, and then you're it's like, ready Fuck, to go. I forgot to fire the fries. I just always use that when I forgot to put somebody's order in, and I was like, hey, I'm just waiting on the fries. It's gonna be two more minutes. Realistically, I come back 10 minutes with the food. Exactly. <laughs> they just know that their food's not there in the service that they're still waiting on fries. I guess we're just waiting on fries. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. You taste that, Nooms? I do. That's that sweet taste of that sweet, sweet juice bomb by Sloop. Brewed in Fishkill, New York, you can enjoy Sloop Juice Bomb and all their other delicious Sloop beers at. I keep Smoke. licking my upper lip just because it tastes so damn good. Okay. Well, welcome. 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 Thank you. We're still sitting here in Smokehouse. We're still recording in Smokehouse. Justin's sitting here with me. Nooms is sitting here with me. I'm sitting here, too. We got to talk about some serious stuff. Organization. Organization I, is key. We said it before. It matters. It matters all the time. Started working at a new spot, right? And it's huge. 30,000 square feet. How many okay. steps do you think you take per day because of I looked 30,000? It's 30,000 square feet. Three zero and then three more zeros. Yes, correct. Huge. We know math. I don't want any part of that. Huge. <laughs> I looked at the steps. And I'm, over here I, think, I'm over here getting worried about a 4,000 square foot place. Yeah, 30,000 I, I don't ever feet. look at steps, so I don't know what a big step count is. I have zero idea, but it said 22,000. And what I do know is bar graphs. And I saw the rest of the days that looked like nothing compared to this Bitcoin chart of steps. And I did a lot of steps, steps twenty-two thousand of them, <laughs> I think. It felt like a lot. We but, talk. We talk about steps you have to take in the restaurant in uh, the episode with Rocco. Do you know how many? No, did we? Well, no, that, we that was like maximizing the. Yeah, when we were talking about designing space. a restaurant and how many yeah. steps the rest take from point to point. Oh, I thought we were just discussing being efficient with it and taking less steps. That way, you have more time to do other things. Right. Yeah, that that is. That's it. That was episode four. Like, that's the goal. That's what you really want at the end of the day. Efficiency. So, like, out the gate, I knew that it was, like, super important to kind of pay attention and not run around like a chicken with a head cut off, especially because it's a new spot. You don't know the spot either and try to kind of just assemble everything. So, really wound up finding myself just, like, walking around, screaming to the squad, like, hey, do you guys need this? Do you guys need this? As I was going to take my own personal steps, that way I could, like, save the next person's steps. And that way we could all make a little bit more money. So essentially you were a bartender slash bartender. Just mostly barback. But yeah, essentially <laughs> that. Yeah, correct. Um, but like so many, so many things are important in just being efficient, period. And at the end of the day, the less steps you take, the more money you make. The less steps you take, the less wasted time you make. And I'm sure it's the same in the kitchen where you have to make sure that your cutting board's in the right spot or something. Uh, I don't Absolutely. know. I'm not in the kitchen. I know nothing. No, but you want to be organized to the fact where you don't have to think about things. You can just move and you know where all your tools and your ingredients are going to be. So it's just a flow of motions, not thinking about it. Gus, did you organize the layout of the kitchen? Oh, no. We discussed, <laughs> we discussed, not at all. That was a weird question. We discussed you were I the one you were in the say kitchen. the bar, the front of the house, <laughs> yeah. something like that. The kitchen? Yeah, the kitchen. Well, we discussed that Just was in the kitchen for some time. And for a I day. Thought, yeah, this, this oh, was like was years it. ago in a different restaurant. And Mike was like, all right, you stay in the front. <laughs> yeah. Did you uh, take any steps to make sure that the front of house was organized in the most efficient way possible? I mean, we, def we definitely did. I'm trying to think back now, five years ago, what we were, how we were laying everything out. But yeah, I mean, we wanted to put everything in appropriate place to minimize where everybody was going. So, like where you put the service bar in the restaurant, 
like we put it on the way out of the kitchen. So if you're running food, you're running past the service bar, you can grab a drink drinks. on the in and out. You don't have to walk to the other side of the bar, that kind of stuff. One smooth, fluid motion. Yeah. Yeah. Sense. And, you know, that other thing to live by, too, is the full hands out. Full, full hands, hands in, full hands full out. Hands in, yeah. Full hands out rule, right? Where nobody's That's not an organizational thing. That's just, you know, way of life. Well, it's organizing yeah. your time at the end of the day. And, and it, it, your efficiency. It, also, you have to organize your space so you can properly make use of the full hands in, full hands out. If you have to, like, walk past, or if you don't walk past a bus station when you're walking on your path, you know, maybe you won't. Right. Right. So. Yeah. I definitely found myself saying before I actually went on the mission that I knew I had to go on, what other missions can I also go on? And should I also bring this wheeling cart with me so I can do many missions at once in one fell swoop? When you like, talk about missions so much, I can definitely tell your head's still in video game. Well, like, take, take for example, if you're talking about a 30,000 square foot location and dry storage is on one end of the property, the kitchen's on the other end of the property, and your fridge is, like, somewhere in the middle of that for cold storage. Why wouldn't dry storage be near the kitchen? You know, you would think that was the case, but it's 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 not. Uh, I don't it, know. I didn't you could, you figure could, out how to make the rules. I could see a situation where dry storage is in a place where it makes sense because it's, like, uh, where they load in and load out the product, not well, necessarily it, near the kitchen. Interestingly enough, everything is containers. The kitchen is in containers. The like shipping containers? In, yep, shipping containers. That's pretty cool. Uh, the That's office cool. is in shipping containers. The ice room's in shipping containers. Uh, there is some dry storage in there for kitchen stuff. But then... Since they're all containers and they take up a lot of space, they kind of tried to make the most use of the property possible. So you wind up having this uh, perimeter of shipping containers also. So the dry storage extends for like a good 70 feet of shipping containers where it's just like extra things in there. Like tables, chairs, liquor room, all that extra stuff that you need. So oddly enough, if you think about a shipping container and if you think about how liquor rooms are also... Liquor room always has to have a lock on it, and it's in a cage. But if you have a 70-foot couple containers together, that, sh that liquor room has to be at the very end of the container. That way you can put a lock on it. Otherwise, people can't get through to the other side if you lock the front of a shipping container, right? You know what I mean? One door in? Yeah. And there's just one door, and that's it. So every time that you are out of a bottle, you have to go take probably a good 600 steps just to get over there and back 600 steps with your bottle. You, so, you better prep your station directly. Yeah. So yeah. God forbid some one person is just thinking of themselves and they're like, I ran out of vodka and there's none in the storage station. And they just come out with one single bottle of vodka. Yeah. They didn't like, check out the whole squad. So you want to ring a neck, right? So like you have to think of these things. Um, as, as far as though being in the kitchen, what is the main like setup that you see all the time that is just typical? I mean, it depends on the space, and it depends on what the kitchen is trying to do at that specific moment. Like, a grill station in the back at Smokehouse is going to be different than the grill station in Manhattan, you know? But each station, you want to be efficient enough where, like I said before, you don't have to think about things. You can just move and react to what's going on. Is there something you definitely don't do in the kitchen? Do you not put, like, I don't know, what's the different stations? It's fry, it's grill. Depends on the kitchen. There's well, all let's sorts do of an average, like, burger bar kitchen, right? Like, yeah, so you have a grill station, you have a fryer station, you probably have, like, a cold station. Okay, and is there anything that you would just, like, never do? Is the cold station never between the two? Depends on the layout of the kitchen. I mean, you you got to organize yourself in the best possible way for your environment. So, I mean, without talking about a specific place, it's hard to say. Is there one thing that you never do? Okay, but a salad station could potentially be between a grill 
If that's the only place you fryer. can fit it. Yeah. All right, shit. Yeah, what do I know? I don't know anything. I'm not in the kitchen. I cook once in a while, but nothing spectacular. It doesn't always... It's not always organized to what makes sense in your brain. It's organized to space. what the menu looks like. Yeah, the needs And the space the and how that comes out. It's different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Or different layouts for different... Menus? Menus. Trying to find something that rhymed all cute, but I got <laughs> I came up with nothing. Like I saw I saw an Instagram a bar set up and I me was like, This is when I build the next bar, this is how it's gonna be. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it was something terrible that you were like, I'm never doing No this. no no no. It was it was like a service well and it was set up I forget which inst I was looking to see if I saved it on my Instagram, but I, I couldn't find it. So I, I don't know which account I was following. But it did, they do like a bar bar of the day, and they post yeah. like bar cool. of the day, whatever, yeah. and they show it from yeah. the, show it the front, and they show the back, and how yeah. and the the well setup was like three different ice bins, so that crushed ice, you know, your regular house ice, and then your like chisel ice, ice or yeah. big rock ice was all in there, and then on the top of the well they had like um, you know you know on. Um, on like a low boy or a salad fridge on the top you would have like that wire that goes around you just have all the nine pans in it like yeah, that yeah. they had they had that on the front of it so instead of having your like garnishes in whatever cute container on the outside that you would do all, right the, the, all the garnishes and every every ingredient you would use to make a drink was on a rail like that with all nine pans that makes sense right with each one with like a spoon like whatever you would use to grab it out yeah and it was just like a u-shape around the ice bin with like so the nine pans were like this, and then the U shape was here with that citrus on one side. He's and doing all your, things with his hand. <laughs> right and now. all your on the right hand side, you had all the citrus bottles. On the left hand side, you had all your Syrups simples and, and syrups yeah. or whatever. And then across the front was, was all the Was all the nine pans with the garnishes, and then your three kinds of ice. And I was, and then the well was on the bottom, obviously, with like all the bottles perfectly lined up. And I was like, that's, that's that makes sense. <laughs> this is exactly what I want. Yeah, yeah. It to look like. Those bars are great too, though. As I mean, first off, those posts are the equivalent. Like for me, as most guys look at only fan pages, maybe <laughs> uh, when you see those, you know you're you're never getting that. You're, it's just too expensive to produce. A lot of times, they're super custom. Uh, but with those pants too, though, it's usually an ice. OnlyFans, <laughs> it's an ice spot. Well, we learned about it. Remember, I told you last time I had to sign up to figure out the business model. <laughs> I had to figure out the business model. Come on. Uh, but underneath there, you're able to ice that all up, too. So it's a super nice bar. Yeah, I'm not getting that anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, listen, if you could hustle out the loan for the next build-out, you make that happen, huh? Oh, I'm going to make that happen. That's it's gonna He's already like, decided. It's gonna that's look what like he wants You're going to see a like. Smokehouse Instagram post. <laughs> right. uh, that's the and damn... I'm going to be like, this is my well. Bar of the day, coming that's up. The, that's the damn coming back to the Smokehouse. <laughs> there you go. Um, I, I just think that with... So little time to be running back and forth. Your steps count so much. And to make the most money, to uh, make the job the easiest on yourself, to uh, kind of just work effortlessly and stress-free. Uh, I used to work with a kid, and my first days in, I was sweating bullets, running around back and forth a million times. And I was just like, how is this kid always just cool as a cucumber? And as time went on, I realized he was just doing everything in one single swoop instead of doing what I was doing at that point, which was just running around in circles, head cut off, thinking about one thing at a time. And that's really where you just start to learn the mechanics of being like, hey, more efficient. Yeah, my time matters. I know I could crank out more money. And if I'm twice as fast as, you know, 
making any of these drinks. We take care of more people. Whole team's getting paid. Everybody's happy at the end of the day. Uh, you look at the cash sheets, you'd be thrilled too, right? Absolutely. I don't know what you're doing. Wait, you stopped. I thought you wanted an answer. No, nah, I wasn't. It was a rhetorical. It was a rhetorical. Can I just have <laughs> rhetorical questions here and there, bro? If you're going to do a rhetorical question, just like stare up at the ceiling or something, don't look directly at it. Like yeah. For do, uh, you, do you, kid? Yeah. Do you. <laughs> so we're like, we're in this position. This hurricane coming up the coast here, usually we're good. We get the after effects. We get some wind. We get some tree branches breaking. Occasionally a power line goes out, uh, which is happens. Yeah. It happened. But uh, you know, you know what? something nice in, uh, or a little silver lining for this cloudy day. The Chico's is actually loaning out their fridge space to people whose power goes out. The Chico's. The Chico's, yeah, the um, grocery store chain. I wonder if they could... We lost power three times today. Came, the restaurant did Came really? back on. Obviously. I wonder if I could bring all the restaurant stuff. I think they're, I'd I like think to they're see gearing it towards residential. Yeah, I don't no, know they're definitely, they're definitely talking about walk-in like, full people. of stuff and just be like, hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> I got hey. a bunch of kegs in the back. <laughs> you have a generator here, though, no? No. Well, he just said they lost power. Okay. Yeah, I was just thinking maybe there's like a generator just to get things going. In no, the but event. after the third time we lost it today, I was like, thought about buying a generator. A generator. <laughs> I have one in my house. Yeah, but that's yeah. a different story. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, Chico's did a great thing. Chico's they, doing a great thing. Yeah. Taking in people's food from their fridge. Absolutely. Just saying, hey, don't let anything spoil. Hey, bring and, in your stuff in a box. Label it with your name and your address. And this is. We'll keep it cold for you. I don't see Stop and Shop doing that. No, definitely not. <laughs> well, now you're talking about benefits of having a craft market slash grocery store, right? Talking about the benefits of the local community grocery store and the things that they can do that the big guys can't do. Just News, we've talked to so many different people so far through this show, through the you know, 14 episodes that we've got or whatnot. We've covered coffee. We've covered bars. We've covered 16 episodes. Restaurants. Thank you. We covered <laughs> meat purveyors. What's next? Obviously grocery stores. Guess who we got in the building? <laughs> who, Jay? Who do we have? We've got Joe DeChico in the building right now. Yo, what's up, guys? Wow. And what are we going to talk about today? Hot Ch dogs? No, supermarkets. <laughs> no. Hot dogs was last week. Got this it, got week, it. This okay. week we get supermarkets. Awesome. Uh, it's crazy how big... The Chico's is, is, right? And we're talking five, six, seven different locations? Um, so we're, uh, we're working on our ninth, um, and the DeChico family at large, is that'll put us at, uh, uh, what is that, nine, 14? 14 locations, kind of in the Hudson Valley? So, yeah. No, I mean, look, we're a regional player for sure. There's definitely bigger grocery uh, groups out there, but I mean... For the local heroes, local guys, we're we're doing good. We're doing we're doing well. Now, w with that many, how long has it taken to expand that far? So, I mean, I can take it back. I'll take it back a little bit. So. Yeah, give me a story. Yeah, for sure. So, um, the Dushikos actually came in 1957. So this is very much like a a very kind of a American dream type type story. So my dad and uncle started the business in '73, small kind of like butcher shop, meteria in the Bronx. Um, did really well. These and these were, you know, three young guys uh, right out of college, and they expanded. They bought a location down the street that was a little bit bigger, and then just kind of grew the business, outgrew this, outgrew the, the the spot they were in at the time. And then their first store was in Pelham, um, in the 80s, and basically from then just kind of added stores, added stores. Um, my two cousins and I came aboard in 2006. We opened our location, 
and then we really kind of skyrocketed. We were doing about a story every other year, so um, we, that's what we've been on pace for. So that brought us to the whole family to um, yeah, third, what did I say, fourteen, and then we're we're working on our ninth, uh, which will be in Eastchester, hopefully at the end of the end of August. It's really impressive to see growth happen so quickly. Where you're saying every other year you're opening a spot. Pretty much, yeah. No, I mean, that's what kind of averaged out to one every every year, every other year, every three years, something like that. Yeah. You know, fortunately too, with the way trends go, I, I think people, especially at least in the Northeast area here, we're happy to more so give money to the smaller guy than give it to a larger chain. So when you talk about the Chicos is uh, like a family-owned market, pretty much, where mm. it's quality goods, quality food in there, things on the shelf that you don't typically see everywhere anyway, you're thriving in, in that situation. Yeah, it, uh, it's a combination of a lot of things. So um, I think people and, and food in general and, you know, we'll talk pre-COVID and then what's going on, what's going on now and then in the future. But I think there's definitely a better, you know, more respect for food and food quality um, the origins of their food and, you know, just appreciating food in restaurants in a different way. So that, and that's a trend that's not, you know, that's not going anywhere. So, um, big, big box stores that are kind of selling, um, conventional or not healthy items or, or stuff like that. They're definitely on the decline. Uh, and then, you know, definitely specialty stores, uh, stores like us specializing in quality items, quality produce, quality meat, fish, that kind of specialty items. That's definitely, that's definitely on the, we're, we're, and we're lucky it's on the grow. It's on the growing trend for sure. With everybody so concerned nowadays about organics, non-GMO, all these, you know, all these different clickbait words that go out there that people don't even know what it is, but they just want a piece of that. How much of that is something that's actually sold to the store in some type of loose percentage? So we, we, we're not a hundred, I wouldn't say we're a hundred percent organic natural. So if you say, if you come to Chico's, um, we sell healthy stuff, we sell organic stuff, but I feel like we're very tailored to how most people eat. So, you know, you probably have Cheerios for, for probably might have Cheerios for breakfast, um, but then you're, you might, you know, give your kids organic cereal or, or um, you're, you know, you're still drinking soda. You maybe a little, you know, we're, we're not exclusive, 100% all natural organic. It, it's more tailored to how, 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 like the general, how general people eat, I would say. We have a little bit of a little something for everything, for everyone. Um, we, because we're a family business, we're in it for longevity. I don't say we jump on trendy, like super trendy items uh, right away. Um, we kind of, you know, purposely will hold back and see what's what's actually viable, where, where the truth is. Uh, there's so much like, like, say, clickbait information where, you know, this is the new hot herb or this is the new hot ingredient, you know. Here today and gone tomorrow. So, you know, we, we do it, we approach it slowly, see where the longevity is, um, what's reasonable. Um, and, you know, we'll, that's kind of how we merchandise the store. Do you, I know DeChico's as living in Pelham as a kid, what was I, 18, 19, something at the time, I came up here from Florida, so I never heard of the company, the brand, I said, oh, well, this is my supermarket here, because it's a walk down the street from me, and I would go in, and it did, it did feel homely, and it felt family owned, and it felt like I got that quality of walking around in the store. Now, fast forward a couple of years later, somebody said, no, they've got a bar. Chico's got a bar. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean they got a bar? You like go hit the bartender, you get your beer, and then you walk around with your shopping cart and go shopping. And they were like, no, 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 no not like that. <laughs> so all of a sudden you said, hey, let's put a bar into the Chico's where people could come do their shopping, maybe have a beer upstairs. And just to clear up, it's more like. My wife, you say, you want to come grocery shopping with me? And I'm like, nah. And now it's, you want to come grocery shopping with me? I'm like, yeah. 
that's the that's the way it was explained to me. I'll so, hang out at the try some of these beers. And you I, go shop. I go to the the Chicos in Pelham. There's no bar there, but Justin was the one who told me that. Go to the one in what is it, Armonk or Larchmont? Arm, well, yeah, yeah, Armonk was the first one, right? It was the first one. That? Brewster was actually the first first bar. Uh, there you go. This is right there. I should know <laughs> that. We're <living> Brewster. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, so, I mean, again, just I'll backtrack a little bit. So, you know, a lot of people know us, obviously, we're, you know, our local you know, regional supermarket chain. A lot of people just know us as a, a beer store that happens to sell groceries. So uh, my two part, my two business partners are my two cousins. So um, so Justin, I don't know, it's Chris, and then Chris's brother, John, he actually, we kind of credit him for starting our beer program back in the 90s. So he was running the Pelham location and... He actually studied uh, abroad in in London for a few weeks with my sister, and you know he's he's not a huge food guy. He you know he likes he, he likes food. He doesn't even like to drink that much. But uh, he went out there and he kind of noticed there's so many beers out here. Like just going to a pub and seeing all these brands of stuff he'd never seen before. Came back and uh, a big you know a big thing with us is just offering you know items, especially items you don't, you don't see everywhere. So he said, well, why not bring it to the beer category? It's just, it's kind of untapped. So. Went through the you know the distributors at the time, Oak Beverage. He was buying halftime direct, you know, all these back in the day, day, um, and ordered everything they had. So we were selling just any full portfolios from the from the beer companies. Um, Chris was getting older, and he was he was starting getting around that age of, of starting to drink a little bit himself, and then um, started tasting and trying stuff. And then I wasn't far behind, and then it just kind of grew into. The beer program that led us into you know the early 2000s, and this is when the craft beer movement was kind of really the early onset. Uh, fast forward that a little bit more, and growlers started coming the picture, and you know we thought to ourselves, well, what's the next? It's, instead of having the biggest selection, what's the next iteration that we could do that really you know make us different and unique? And that was putting growlers in the store. Um, and then after the growlers, we're like, well, what's the next thing we can kind of do? So that's when Brewster um, we put the bar concept in. And it was always meant for just a way to highlight, let people come in, teach, educate, try, kind of in um, a setting, you know, not a typical bar setting, but it was more just, you know, talk to the customers um, and still tap into the people who, you know, appreciate food. And, you know, we can't sell wine or liquor, but just kind of tap into the, the beverage side. Um, and like I said, let them let them try beers, doing flights. And then again, back in the day, tap takeovers, doing fun stuff like that, bringing brewers in, doing tastings and pairings. And now it's a, the bar concept. And again, what's funny is as things are changing now with, with COVID, it's, it's, um, it, it is a standard in all of our stores since Brewster. Pretty much every store that has space has a, has a bar concept in it. Um, we'll see what the future is for it. But um, that's, that's the story of the, the bar in the supermarket at the Chico's. I had, a, I had a buddy and his birthday was actually at the Chico's. And nice, the nice. invite was like... <laughs> hey, come to Greg's birthday for football and beers at the Chico's. And I was kind of just like, wait, we're going to the grocery store? <laughs> I had a blast. We sat up there. I drank through a handful of beers. Uh, we even played, uh, I think, a little mini golf upstairs. In... Or bocce, maybe? Would you, um, what would you, or maybe What's the greens up? in over by, uh, where is 14 at over there? Armok. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, bocce What's up top? Oh, it bocce, was a bocce cart. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was some years ago, but yeah. we had a blast out there, and I was like, nice. "This is." I thought this was going to be weird at first, but no, <laughs> it wasn't at all. It was a blast. So, you know, you are saying here that you're taking a lot of craft beers in, maybe smaller brands, kind of giving them a a little lift up, possibly, and people are coming to you for beers instead of maybe going to a regular supermarket, like Stop and Shop or Shoprite. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean it. 
terms of selection and what we're carrying, it's very well curated. Um, and, you know, we're, you know, at this point, we're working with, you know, different breweries and we're getting one offs and exclusive stuff that you just, you, you won't get it in a, in a supermarket, for sure, in a regular supermarket for sure. And it's, you know, we treat the beer the right way. And even at the bar, you know, we're using the right glassware and cleaning the lines properly serving it the right way so yeah it's a it's a very specialized experience there's not too many you know beer bottle shops around it's it's a hard business to be in if you're exclusively just selling beer retail um so it's 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 fun it's unique it's it's been a it's been a big part of our business how do you define kind of giving that guest experience when it comes to a bar and a restaurant i know how to give a guest experience or at least i think i do and in a supermarket what really differentiates kind of guiding somebody through or making them have the best time going shopping for goods like foods or whatever it is in a supermarket? Um, so, I mean, the things that we do is, um, uh, you know, we, we, tr- we you know, and, and all this, again, it's funny, it comes from my dad and my uncles, just them owning a store and having to win over every single customer that came in. And it was just the, these things we did over the years that um, we never maybe realize at the time what we were doing, but it was just how we grew up and we started doing business. You know, engage the customers when they're, when the, when they're in the aisle. Or if, you, if you see them kind of looking around, you, you know, did you find everything you're looking for? You need help finding something. Uh, we always had baggers at the registers. There's something we always instinct, you know, always did, which is, which is nice. Um, Didn't go away when everybody kind of went. That used to be a consistent thing. Grocery stores where you had a bagger and that went away from everywhere, but still. We're, we're still doing that. I mean, yeah. we, we, we are just looking at self-checkouts because we're like, we want you to interact with our, you know, our cashiers right. and talk to them and say what you like, what you don't like. So that's something that we're, you know, we're, we're just maybe going to want to do a self-checkout like a, like a shop right has or a shop and shop. Um, just, you know, training and all this in the departments, being able to, you know, hand sell different stuff, have, you know, having expertise, people behind the counter who actually know what they're doing and are being trained or passionate. Which is hard to find everywhere. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, people who are passionate about what they're selling and beer is a great example. I mean, our, our beer guys are super passionate, our cheese guys, um, gals, uh, meat and fish, that's how we're kind of founded. So, um, that I mean, that's just the customer service aspect that when you come. And clean stores, I mean, you see they're cool, cool designed. Um, we, you know, we don't, we don't, we want to make sure that the whole, the whole experience from just the building you're walking into to the shopping itself is, is it's got to be, you know, top notch. Is there some type of, like, science to the flow of the way all the aisles are set up? that I'm on, on purvy to maybe, where cold things are just in one section. I mean, it, somehow you always find what you need in a grocery store without having to look around too much. It just feels natural when you flow through until they decided that the bread was not going to be next to the coolers anymore. And now it's on like aisle four all of a sudden over the last like five years. That really threw me off base. You guys don't know what I'm bread's, talking bread's about. Bread's in two different places. So you know that. Wait, what? There's bread in two different places. <laughs> you mean the one by the cold cuts? There's always, yeah, there's always one That's by like a, a bakery area. Yeah. And then somewhere. Those are fresh rolls. Though. Somewhere like in the middle of the Somewhere store. in the middle, yeah. But it didn't used to always be in the middle. It used to be kind of like closer to the coolers. And one day all that changed in <laughs> ShopRite and Stop and Shop. And it really oh. threw me off for the day. Um, I'll put it to you this way. So as, you know, a business our size... I, I wish I, I, I wish I could tell you we were that organized, you know, down to the down to the shelf of where we're putting stuff and why. I, you know, I will say whether the, the major the major players, um, you know, in supermarkets, big box stores, they're they're analyzing, you know, the sh- the shelf heights and they work directly with, um, you know, the manufacturers or the brands themselves. You know, they they might they might buy 
certain areas of the store or say, look, we really want to be here. And they do all kind of surveys and marketing stuff. So it, it definitely, um, it, 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 it could be that scientific or that um, um, strategized, I guess is the best way to put it. Or, or just one day one guy just moved the bread over and uh, that it was could, it. Yeah, it could be, it could be. We, we just did, look, we tried to, it's very, we, we have a, we, oh, you know, we've been in business for, you know, a number of years now. So we have a flow that we like. And when we open a new store, we might try something different, see how it does. And if it works, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take it back to the other stores. If it's possible. I just noticed that whenever I have to go for a quick run, it's like I need milk or eggs. I always have to walk past beer, <laughs> chips, like anything I would buy to get to the eggs. Got them. That's it. <laughs> so in having something this big, because this is not a small chain at all. It's a huge chain. With having something this big, is it tough to kind of stay on top of inventory and kind of just trusting the computers or do guys have to do inventory multiple times a week, kind of just making sure that everything aligns up with each other? We are definitely not as sophisticated as, as a lot of the, um, um, the, the, bigger, the bigger players in the industry. And they, they do get to the point, you know, every, every case that comes in, um, in, in the building is, is, you know, checked off in their system and every piece that goes out is, is um, you know, Perpetual inventory. That's 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 what it's called. Um, we just right now because we're we're still we're almost at that size. Where we're ready for that. Um, you know, we just we just do it based off of you know sales and looking at our margin at the end of the week and just say, look, keep as little inventory as you can at all times. And that, that's kind of how we do it now, which is very great. There's a lot of room for error, but that's just how we do it. But for sure, it gets very, um, it can get very precise. And that's as we grow, that's the direction we're going in. Also. This may come off as a stupid question to some extent. No, no. But when you're buying inventory, I feel like the more bulk you purchase, the better prices that you get. So when you're buying from the distributor or whatnot, does everything get shipped to one location or do they just break up that large shipment into multiple locations to get you the price break that you, I would assume, need, right? Yeah, so we, we do not have a central warehouse. Um, it's, it's probably not something where we would do Maybe the next generation could figure it out. It, you need serious scale and volume to do that, and there's a lot of moving parts in the background. So you know, right now we, we negotiate the best prices we can to you know to the store itself. Um, that that'd be like that's kind of like next level. And to be honest, the way the way that the grocery business is now with the grocery specific distributors, they're they're super efficient as well. So I, you know, it, you'd have to be a, a big 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 company to want to wanna open up a the, the investment of opening up your own warehouse because um, you can kind of negotiate. You know a solid deal where the distributor is just doing the trucking piece and you can you know you can talk to the manufacturer and then directly and then the distributor is just tacking on what they need to you know hit your hit your hit your doorstep essentially yeah um now also too i i gotta say i'm looking at just here you guys just did something crazy with covid occurring and a lot of these restaurants shutting down and kind of came through as like a huge hero i wouldn't soon. call it crazy i'd call it smart <laughs> It was, well, it was smart, but it was also it made that made sense. common sense. <laughs> yeah. Any, anything that hasn't been done before is always crazy. It's new, it's different, and all of a sudden you open up Instagram and you're seeing all of our favorite local restaurants having items in your stores. Oh, that's is, what you're talking about. I thought yeah, you were talking about the other thing. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the other. So they, they did a couple of things of different stuff. during COVID. All right, go ahead. Sorry, we'll, we'll, we'll tack back for that. <laughs> no, but... It, where does the decision come from to try to help support some of these restaurants that are all local guys too and put their foods into the stores? Thank you, by the way. 
<laughs> we need more pulled pork and whatever the rub, whatever the rubs. Um, after the after the show. Um, the first few weeks of COVID, um, it was very very weird, and and uh, you know, especially for us, and you know, we were in, we we worked every single day of COVID, you know, up until a few weeks ago we'd start taking time off. Um, but there was some really dark conversations about what, what was going to happen with our businesses, and we we had to, <clears throat> we had to be open. And there were some, at, you know, at times there were some of our stores who who were hit by by either just call outs, people afraid, people people actually sick. You know, can we open the store? Can we keep it open? How, how um, do we have to close departments? And and, it, and we have a thousand employees. So at one point, you know, if we had a few hundred people. Out and, and again, we allowed people to take off. If look, you want to take two weeks off, you know, paid because you're scared. You have circumstances you got to figure out. We, we were letting people do that. Um, so it got to a point where you know the hot bars were obviously closed. We didn't know if we can keep our kitchens even open to supply um, the, our our kind of cold case or, or takeaway dinner things. Um, so I was just again talking to my two cousins and I'm like. I'm like, we got these friends who have restaurants who are in trouble. They don't know what's happening. They, they, their restaurant, their doors are shut. I'm like, we need food to sell that, you know, prepared meals. So it just, I said, look, let me, what can I do? You know, let me reach out to these guys. I don't know what the rules are. We'll figure it out as we go. Um, so the, the first one was actually, um, we, we, we saw these really cool tortilla chips. They're fried with the Chico tortilla chips. They're, they're packed in bags and we were just not able to get them. And it's a big item for it. We're just not able to get them. The suppliers, it was, you know, the first few weeks were pretty much insane. I have a, an Armonk store right across the street. It's this awesome um, Latin um, Mexican restaurant, um, mariachi. And they make these awesome tortilla chips and they hand pack them to go in these like little bags similar to ours. So I called up uh, Sheena, one of the sisters who runs and I was like, can you just give me as many as you can, as you can make and we'll buy them from you. And that, but now we have tortilla chips. Um, then, you know, we're in, the, in our monk, we're in the same building as, as 14, the Fortina group. So I just called up Christian and he's freaking out. All his plays are closed. I'm like, dude, make me something, make me an Italian dinner or something we could just sell. And he was like, all right, lasagna. So done. Okay. <laughs> um, as everybody knows, there was a huge run on frozen pizzas for a long time and it's still hard to get them. So, you know, I, I literally texted Dave and, you know, Dave, can, he's like, I can figure this out done uh you know reached out to justin these guys are down the street you know two two locations within a few miles you know and i was like look we haven't done a meet you know give me a meat item give me something what do you what can you guys pump out a lot of that makes that makes economical sense that you know is helping you it's worth it for you and worth it for me so we you know we did pulled pork we did cornbread stuff like that um it thank god we're not all depending on it at this point but i uh dave is you know he might be looking to do a frozen pizza long term um we, I, I think, makes sense if we, you know, we'll figure it out to do a local slash regional, you know, offering of, of restaurant retail items. Because look, I, we, look, we do great. We do a great job in our kitchens. But I mean, these guys are professionals. These guys are super passionate about exactly what they do. So they could offer us some, you know, unique items and market it and help each other. And that might be state, step two of this is to figure out, you know, a long term menu of items coming from, from restaurants and friends that, you know, are nearby. Firstly, when you say that you had this conversation with the partners about, hey, we need food. Who are we going to bring in? I always picture like a glass of bourbon on the rocks as you're having these conversations, <laughs> laughing around a round table, like we'll bring them in. Let's do it. <laughs> um, but then how was the reception by the people kind of were people coming in to find these actual items from these brands kind of? I, I or mean, were they just stumbling onto it and saying, oh, this is cool. This is here. I mean, I mean, a combination of both, but 
Because look, at the end of the day, all these items are, are delicious in and of themselves, and right. we'd be happy to sell them. But um, people were, again, it was such weird times that people were looking to find some sense of normalcy and, and seeing something familiar. Cause it, and they were just, oh my, you know, you know, I haven't been able to smoke house, you know, for Tina, you know, this is awesome. I could, I could, I could, you know, take this home, and it was just, it was comforting, and it was, it was, it was. Um, uh, and familiar to them, so it was. It, we had a huge success with all these items for sure. And I'll and I'll tell you that we actually gained gained people in the area that were shopping at the Chicos that didn't even know we were here. And we definitely got people called. Hey, we bought the we bought the pork at the Chicos, and then we found you guys. Whatever. So even just the, the volume aspect was a help because at that time we didn't know how much we were going to go through, but we needed to push through stuff. So the volume aspect helped, but. Just the opportunity to reach people that aren't on the app or aren't on our Instagram page or whatever, but they're shopping and they found something. Thankfully, they liked it when they took it home, <laughs> and then they give us a call or they, you know, went to our website for some more stuff. So, and we talked about this last week with Cat also, where, you know, now you're seeing brands do collaborations, and it's a cool thing to do. It's a fun thing to do. Um, being able to just do something like that so free willingly because you're really small enough still and craft enough where you don't have to go through 20 different heads before you decide, all right, let's do this. Being able to do things on the fly is awesome. Um, namely, bringing in all these other brands of guys that are favorites of people visiting the various restaurants out here in uh, Westchester. With COVID happening, though, and at first people didn't really want to go out. They didn't want to order anything, maybe. They didn't want to stand in lines online presence was humongous did you i'm sure you noticed an initial hit to the business of people not maybe trying to come in or then you also having to figure out what the different rules are how many people could come in and keep track of something that changed every single day pretty much as far as the rules go was that hard to kind of get around and figure out as time was going on every single day where rules changed that you know explaining that whole process it's it, that that was the crazy that was the literally the craziest thing so uh we're you know we're used to our businesses you know and we're owner operators so our business look when there's a snowstorm we come to work when there's you know we got to stay open and the weather's getting bad you know we're we want to stay open we're it's our own business we're we're, we're passionate we, we were used to working through storms and you know the hurricane's coming or there's a snowstorm coming or whatever you know whatever it may be this was this was this was crazy so um not that we would, we, we, I don't think we'd ever chose to close unless this, it was, it was that bad, but we're, you know, now you're basically, told, you're open, you're an essential business, you, you have to stay open, you're open. Uh, you're getting daily, you're getting no guidelines, you're getting some guidelines, you're getting gray guidelines. Um, we basically had to say, all right, what's the right thing to do? Uh, what do our customers expect from us? Um, we want them to feel safe, we want them to come in, we want them to be comfortable. Uh, we still have some family in Italy, and they were at least a month ahead of us in this whole thing. So we actually called them, and you know, there's there's no there's no hotline, there's no playbook for this. So we called our you know our family in Italy, like, what are the supermarkets doing there? And they basically tell like, look, they're putting up plexiglass, they're they're doing this, they got the lines outside, and they basically give us a little heads up. And we're like, all right. So within you know 24 hours, we had we were the first. I was about to say, you guys were definitely the first with some of those moves. To yeah, the dividers up. Yeah, we, you know, they told you half occupancy, but we're like, all right, if we can separate people, then we're back to full occupancy, at least at the registers, because it was like closing every other register. But um, we, you know, within 24 hours, we had plexiglass up in, in front of all the registers and in between the registers. And, I, and I, I think we were, 
one of the first in the country maybe to do that or, or close second, something like that. Uh, we were able to install those overnight. Then just managing the line outside, having people, you know, having basically um, a, a bouncer at every door and managing people coming in and out. Um, managing, like I, I was saying before, you know, a thousand employees, who, who's, who wants two weeks off, who, who's actually sick, managing um, the testing. And again, the testing in the, in, in the beginning was they weren't even testing. You were presumed positive or if you could get a test, it was a week later. So managing who's in, who's out coming up with our own rules for, um, you know, self-quarantine. Um, you know, the, the, first, the first employee got sick, you know, in the way beginning, it was like, do we close the store? Yeah. You know, and, and you know, and, and it was everybody that that person were close proximity with, you know, you need to know how things were spread. So it was, you know, what do you do? These are all those questions that we had to kind of figure out on the fly. And the, the first, you know, those first few weeks or month or two were, it was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot for sure. And that's not the first time that you hear something where oh, an employee got sick at a restaurant in various areas all across the U.S. where then the restaurant just shut down automatically. They yep. said, we're not even going to take any chances. We're just shutting it. We mm -hmm. don't know anything about this thing. Mm -hmm. That's it. Shut it down. Shut it. Shut it down. Shut it down. Is that how you Shut it down. But <laughs> to be start. able to kind of like. start doing that. <laughs> I will never start doing that. <laughs> but to carry on through that, I'm actually concerned that when winter comes again, not so much for you in a grocery store setting for the most part, but for restaurants in general, where we can't really have too much occupancy inside if this thing full flares again in winter months. Now we have no more outdoor seating. Mm. How are restaurants going to survive? Mm. How is somebody behind the bar gonna make money? How's the server gonna make any money? How's the restaurant not gonna claim bankruptcy at the end of the day? And that's kind of a scary thought to think about trying to get through it. But now that we've kind of gone through the, I think the hardest part of the beginning and kind of understanding, changing our mentality about it, figuring out how to be safe through it, that'll kind of help carry on for the next wave if it does come again. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys will know what to do. You'll have plexiglass back out if it yep. ever leaves in the first place. Yep. Um, but then the question is, yeah, how the restaurants survive again? You know, do you continue taking in maybe some restaurant staples and help these guys through sales and provide some of those community values in there? That's a natural question from him. That's not me pushing on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just threw me a 20 under the table. Right <laughs> but what happens with the future of the Chicos? Are you looking to continue expanding these? So, we, yeah, I mean, we, we were, I'm not, not going to say contractually, contractually, but we, yeah, we, we have a few locations that were in the works pre-COVID. Um, the next one being uh, set to open the end of August in, in East Chester. Uh, but, yeah, it's weird. Um, I mean, we're such a... F Fresh food focused uh, supermarket. Like I said, our, our hot bars and our salad bars is a huge, huge percentage of our, percentage of our business. So we're going to start maybe testing out um, just kind of different concepts um, and stuff that we are able to have set menus and then tap into maybe some Grubhub and um, Uber Eats type uh, business, which we've, we've never had before. But the landscape is, is has changed. I mean that that's it. We, you know we we have a bar concept in the in the East Chester store and what that will look like if it will open at time of opening at all. We're, we're, un, we're unsure of. Um, You're saying Uber Eats and Grubhub like you could order the hot bar stuff from that. That's what we're trying to figure out if you know if if people even want it. You know that's the thing. Right. So you know we're, we're we are lucky in a way that the, you know the hot bar business that you lost. You know we, we still have a supermarket. You know that's only that's only one piece. 
So it's if you can recoup some of it in some way. Um, but does anybody we need to hop R again? Or you know, maybe in the next six months to a year, do people really want to do it at all? Even if we can make it safe, it's it, it's going to be inconvenient. You know, you're going to have somebody serving you. Um, there, you know, there's going to be a lot of um, precautions and, and more plexiglass and stuff like that. So we'll see. We're going to test it out and, and you know see what happens and. If, if it's, you know, that, that department's not coming back or it'll come back in something completely different, then, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> we'll I mean, it. if that button's on Uber Eats, somebody's going to click it. And then uh, I, I'm assuming that the harder part would be setting it up by, I guess, weight for things that you sell by weight at the hot bar. So what do you get? Like a pound of pasta, then it's going to be XX price. And, you know, it, that's how you set buttons up. It'll be a different concept altogether. Yeah. So it'll, it'll it, yeah. It'll, it'll be something kind of in, in between. Seems like with the benefit of having so many different locations, too, you hold a lot of weight. You, it's like you can almost just build out your own delivery service if it fares well with Uber and Seamless and testing the waters at a low cost. Yeah, then, yeah. We, if, if, it, if it gets to that point, sure. How does, how does Instacart work? Yes, so Instacart, and a good segue. Um, it's, you know, it's the same, it's similar to kind of Uber Eats and, and Grubhub, you know, same same platform, same crowdsourcing uh, of employees. Um, it, we, we signed up for it the end of last year, kind of as just a, you know, we got to be in the online game. And it was something that, it was a project that, that dragged on for a few months and then we finally set up one store and, you know, we had a few orders a week and it, and it was fine. The beginning of the year, we said, all right, we'll turn the rest of the stores on, see what happens. It wasn't, it was more just, like I said, to, to be in the online game uh, because we are such a experiential focused business. You know, we want you in the store. We don't want you ordering online and just clicking through a website. Uh, it was a major blessing that we had it available because we would have not had as much business or been as busy had we not had it. It, it wound up being at its highest, maybe 30% of sales in the store, which going from, you know, a few dozen orders a week to a few hundred a day. And these are just orders we could have not fulfilled ourselves. We, no matter how many delivery people we had, it, we could have never done it. Um, and it, you know, I, I think it, it helped a lot of people at home who, who were scared, you know, who were, continu were continued to be scared to come in and, and shop um, in, in person. So it, Instacart was, it was a huge, was a huge, you know, help and, and savior for us. Can you take me through the Instacart kind of experience as somebody that doesn't know it as well? I have oh, an idea yeah. of the like concept. I would ask, do you guys, they put an order in and you pack it up and someone picks it up? Or? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no. So it's, it's, um, it's just an online kind of front end website that has all the items we selected to be on there. Um, a customer just clicks around and builds their orders. And then a, um, a Instacart driver comes into the store as a customer, uh, shops it. And they basically on their phone or handheld. They can scan the UPCs. It's all matched. It's pretty, no, it's technology. Technology is pretty awesome. And they and they shop the order, pay for it, deliver it themselves, um, for you know a fee to us. Um, so if the inventory is off by any means, the that Instacart shopper just kind of clicks in. It was out of stock. Yep. And then yeah, and then the you know they get the item. They, they can substitute the item. They can text with the customers. Hey, you know they have they don't have this, but they have this. Oh wow! Um, more sophisticated stores. You know they might have live, like I said, live inventory hooked in. So it's yeah. you know as soon as something's out of stock, it's out. It's off if it's off. It's off Instacart. Um, you know it, it it's been it's been huge for us during during COVID. The future, you know, you you know you start to do the math and you start to see um, it's going to fall into that Grubhub. Uh, 
Uber Eats um, debate on you know what's what's fair, what's what's scalable, what what will make sense going forward. Um, you know they're the only player in town really, so uh, you know it it will continue to, to to ride it out and use them and figure out we'll figure out you know what what the long term um, what Instacart will be in the long term of our business. Everybody knows my feelings on Uber Eats. <laughs> I made that. Yeah, we know. I made, that anybody who wasn't listening last week, what are yeah, your feelings? I've made that pretty clear. <laughs> but curious, does Instacart? You said it, there's a fee to you. Do they take a cut from the from the store, or is it just fee to the end customer? Because like we you know, like Uber takes thirty percent out of us, right? Right. So it, it's not. We'd rather have a natural customer than an Uber customer because that that cut's not there. So I don't know. And Instacart is very, very, very smart. So they're making, they're getting a cut every which way. So we're getting a percentage. Um, they can add a delivery fee. They could add some service fees. Um, but addition, because we're using their front end website, we're not building it out. We just supply them UPCs. They have their own picture catalog. And we, you know, if they don't have a picture that we have, we, we're, we're sending them, we'll give them a picture. But, when you click on the Instacart a homepage and you select a store, the way the items are sorted on the web page is is not uh, how do I put this? You know, there might be some interaction with the vendors themselves on why certain items are listed higher, or there might be some you search something one item comes up first. Um, so there's definitely some some dealings and stuff do on the back end of even that. So they're, they're, ma very, they're making money every which way. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I so. was going to say, why not? I right. mean, they built the thing out. They make their deals, sure. Uh, same right. when I think also grocery stores, too, where some guys want the end cap. I'm sure there's some type of yep. deal that puts them in that placement, right? Yep. Yeah, it doesn't change. So, you know, and them, that, you know, that, those revenue streams, you know, could they be offsetting, you know, our, our discount, you know, or, or our fee, sure, or more of the, you know, so we'll see as this company grows. I mean, they're, I mean, they're huge, 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 and they'll probably end up going public at some point, so, but we'll see. So it's one of those things, yeah, maybe like Uber, where it's a, it's a necessary, I don't want to say necessary evil, but it's a necessary um, part of the business that we'll see what the future holds for them. I know, like, people love to complain about fees. They're, oh, they're hitting me over the head with these fees, these fees, these fees. But those fees are equating to business that you may not have had previously. Hundred percent. So it's just yep. an additive. Uh, during right. pandemic, I sold twenty-three thousand dollars worth of Amazon products through Amazon, or goods through Amazon. Period. And of course, Amazon takes their cut on every single sale that's made. He's just, he's just patting himself on the back right now. His <laughs> weekly Amazon. weekly Amazon hype sheet right here. <laughs> thank you, Justin. Thank you. But sure enough. Those fees, I'm not looking at that like anything, even though they do equate to a handful amount of money because it's cash that wouldn't have come into my pocket either way. Correct. If yep. I didn't yep. have that ability yep. to do that. You're yep. talking about 250 million people that use Amazon religiously. I, right. I don't know what Instacart's uh, user base is, but right. I don't think it's small. I see these shirts all the time in grocery stores in Target. Uh, it's the green and the black shirt that they wear around, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I mean, you, all, all the all the big chain, and you have chains like, you know, up here you have Shoprite who have, or even you know, uh, Shoprite who has their own delivery online service and portal, and they just, I think they 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 set up Instacart as a test to be like 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 you just said, like oh, if we get any other business from it, then it's just gravy, right? Yeah. Um, they, I think they've been turning off their own their own. Their own service in some stores to just focus on Instacart. Does just... Shoprite get fresh? 
Is that what they're... No, I don't know. I don't shop at shop. Delivery thing is? <laughs> yeah, oh, Peapod. Oh, Peapod. Shop, shop and shop. That's Stop and Shop. Oh, okay. Yeah, shop yeah. right is like... Okay. Um, but he likes, you know, Stu's is on it. Stu Leonard's. Um, a lot of independent stores. Uh, and, and some big chains, too. Some some other big chains. But on top of the Instacart, you guys have your own native. I've seen your... Oh, yeah, right. No, so we, we do do small... You know, <laughs> this is one thing we, we actually... We kept it very mom and pop, and uh, it's it for the people that utilize it. It's it's definitely like it, it's fun. So yeah, no, this we have we have old ladies calling up, and we have a pen and paper, and we're writing down what you need, and you know we we you know we know you by name, we know your your phone number, we know you know. Here's your ten onions and one tomato. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do they, do they still have tabs at the at the rest at the, uh, at the restaurant at the, the grocery, grocery store? <laughs> My mom used to have a tab at the at the yeah. we had the neighborhood grocery stores, small, but she would send me. And then, you know, I would just, just put say, on the tab. you know, who I am and then yeah. just put it on the tab. Yeah. So, some, st we do like a, yeah, um, house account. Yeah. So tab. House account. <laughs> it's digitized now, but yeah, it's house account. <laughs> did it, growing up, did you work in the stores or did you try to stay away from it as far as possible? We, no, I grew I grew up in the stores. Um, and for, <laughs> it, it's funny for better or for worse, it's the only job I've ever had, but it, I, I think Going, I was at the right age around college when I kind of knew that this is what I would do. So I, I made sure that I, I was well-rounded and um, I did every, you know, we, me and my two cousins, we, we worked in every department um, and just tried to be cognizant of the fact that, you know, I, uh, some, you know, it, it, it definitely helps when, you know, working other jobs and getting other experiences. So I just made sure that I was, I was cognizant of not having outside experiences and just trying to learn and ask questions and, um, so sorry to answer your question. Yes, worked in, worked in the store, worked in worked in multiple, if not all, the departments. Worked my way up, um, and then when it was time to kind of open my first store with my two cousins, then it was you know the culmination of all those years. So that's like every undercover boss, where it's like, yeah, I did used to actually work in that section, <laughs> and now I'm coming back, and then they interview the guy that was actually working in that section. They're like, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. he has no idea. It's been a while. Or you get the question like, do you even know how to do this? <laughs> Donna, I did it before yeah, you were here. Yeah, yeah. I think it just came out of nowhere. Years back, are there any like weird shopping pet peeves that you have that people do when they go into a grocery store? Am I doing something that like <laughs> would aggravate people in grocery stores? I don't know. I put everything back on the shelf the exact same way I find it. So, all right, so that, yeah, that'd be off the top of my head. That's people, you know, they, they leave, you know, they put frozen stuff on the shelf, you know, they, they drop stuff wherever they want. They put, they, they put meat in the freezer, they put, you know, eggs in the freezer, they, they, they put yogurt you on the grocery your mind. shelf. Where are you supposed to put it? I <laughs> put you it back. go back to the shelf. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. Well, it's, it's, you put it around the shelf, or look, you go to the cashier and just say, hey, we're not going to yell at you. Like, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, I had second thoughts about this. Nope, no problem. Don't, Don't stick it. it next to the gum in the checkout <laughs> aisle. Like, <laughs> like a half a pound of beef right there, 80-20. You see, oh man, you like, you know, half a pound of ham that they purposely got sliced and then leave it somewhere. And I was like, we're going to throw it out. So that's it. But no, that's that off the top of my head. That's probably the big one. How do you expand outside of the grocery store, really? Do you even look to do that at some point? Uh, I think something that was trending pre-COVID was these food holes, kind of where you could kind of roll up and get served from an array of different businesses. Like a smokehouse would be in there, a Fortino would be there. Maybe there would be a little De Chico's Market. I think maybe that landscape has changed temporarily for now, but is that even something on a, anybody's radar in this group right now? 
Have you seen this? On the radar. Gotta, gotta keep the. Beats yeah, yeah, yeah. Going. no, I get that. I wouldn't say immediate. Is it a viable? Uh, Mike and I were just talking about that kind of thing the other day, and in a, and in a cool little project we're working on that I'm not gonna put out there yet. But I don't, it's not immediate. I don't think I, right now it's, we're still. Sure, you guys are too. We're still trying to make sure we're gonna get through this, this. obstacle before we start jumping on the next obstacles. I, I would have said that the like the food hall concept was kind of you know maybe overplayed about a, a, a you know co coming into you know last year and that kind of thing but the, maybe we'll talk after the after the show Justin <laughs> but yeah no, I, I think that, you know when you see the like I said what we did with the restaurants and having them um, make one thing where you know it's like all right well maybe if we put everybody maybe you know because it's not our expertise to do a very consistent consistent product like what we're going to try and do with, with a, like a new food concept, but you know, leave it, maybe leave it up to the restaurant guys who, who, who they, every day they deal with something very unique, specific and, and consistent. And maybe, you know, there's, there's a, we could, maybe we have a little extra real estate in one of the store that we could put a few and the rents, you know, very, very little or, or, or non-existent. There's, there's, a, there's another deal being made that, so you, I think the food hall concept, especially now in the suburbs, if people aren't going to the city to work, I, you know, there might be something there in the, you know, in the, near, in the near future. Sharp tools. Uh, I think the only other question I really ask you here is, how many cars are we taking over the bar? Do we need, wait, can we make a reservation? They were the first to go on open table and make reservations for growing up. Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah. The reservation system was that you were on open table putting people through. Well, I'll tell you that I was on open table because we had to pivot. We never took reservations before knowing before we open back up that that would be a thing. I went on open table to create our portal at open table so we could start re making reservations. We're at the 50% capacity and all that stuff and to make knowing sure who's safe. coming in the restaurant and whatnot. So I'm on there setting up the whole smokehouse thing, which we've never done since we've been open. It's always people call for reservation. We're like, no, we'll take reservation. Come in. But I'm on there and I see that you can make a reservation to shop at the Chico's. Pretty cool. And my wife was like, <laughs> What? <laughs> I can make a. Re I don't even have to wait. I can just make a reservation. Okay. Which, by the way, her tra her transition went from. She used to go to Stop and Shop, Trader Joe's, and the Chico's. We live in Brewster, so she yep. hit Danbury Stop and Shop, and then Trader Joe's in Danbury. She goes right down the street from us. This she wanted from Trader Joe's, and this she wanted from Stop and Shop, and whatever. Through this whole thing, we only go to the Chico's now because she's been more. She's very cautious of. Of everything mm. I'm I'm a little less just because we've talked about it I'm we're out here every day so I don't think you know you're a little desensitized I'm desensitized the whole situation yep, 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 she's yep. been at home with the boys so she's still even when we said we're opening and back up I said we should go out to some of the restaurants to like support or whatever she's like I don't think I can go to a restaurant I'm like babe I'm gonna need you to be on board <laughs> with going to restaurants yeah. <laughs> so, like, we, need to we be gotta out. show a unified yeah, front yeah, here like, <laughs> If you don't want to go, fine, but don't say it out in public. Just, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's yeah, good, yeah. you know? We're clean and everything's, you know, whatever. I mean, she trusts here. The thing is, if she doesn't know the people, she's not ready to just jump on the trust board. But the transition, anyway, way off topic. <laughs> the transition was she just started to trust the Chico's more than she trusted the other places, whether it's like walking in and they got the person cleaning and all, all the stuff we talked about. But then she saw the reservation now. She's like, oh, this is just, it's my favorite place ever. <laughs> but I'm curious, did Open Table, how did that come? Did they come to you or were you? Yeah, so we actually, 
pretty sure we just got an email out of the blue from them and they they said look we, we took our we took our software and we 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 pivoted or flipped it to um to supermarket use if you're if you want to take a look at it uh and, and again the first thing you think of when you know and a lot of people did we got a little bit of uh blowback was uh, make reservations to shop at chico oh, who do they think they are kind of blah 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 but um you know one number one we had limited occupancy to you know it was 25%, 30%, whatever it is at this point, we had no way of really tracking how many people came through the door unless we wanted to have, you know, the person with a clicker basically and, and, and managing it. So the software, first and foremost, just gave us the ability to track how many people were in the store at any given time uh, and be able to set levels based on how the square footage of the store and what we felt comfortable with. Uh, second thing with the renovation was, and we, we it was very few, uh, and it's I think it's still up, but maybe 15 reservations an hour, nothing crazy, you know, nothing crazy. So um, it just gave you the ability where, you know, if you needed to get to the store and there was a threat, not a threat, there was an opportunity for for there to be a long line and maybe it was raining, maybe it was hot, maybe it was cold, um, you know, just to guarantee, guarantee you a spot in the store when you needed it, if you wanted to plan in advance. Um, and during the height, I mean, there was an hour wait at the store sometimes uh, or, or more. Um, so the open table thing really... Uh, for the people who d who did utilize it, um, it, it was just a really cool feature where you know if you needed to be in and out or or you you know you have a schedule, you have kids at home, you have, you know whatever the case may be, that that's probably we did it. Um, and we're still utilizing at least today the, the the occupancy piece of it, which we had never had before. So it's like making a reservation at the DMV. Like oh, these suckers are waiting in line, and I'm <laughs> going would, right in. That's here. the next thing that needs to happen. But I don't go to the DMV there, clearly as it, much as I go to Chico's. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you wouldn't we're have talking, to. It was like fast pass at Disney World. It was like. Kind of skip the line, come up. But. Oh, love it. So we headed over to go have a beer at Chico's? Yeah. All right. So. I already made us a reservation, so we're good. Awesome. <laughs> good talk, guys. See you out there. Joe, don't forget thanks. to uh, yeah. smash that like and subscribe button. Algorithm.